Welcome to PNC Seaspeak, the language of executives. I'm John Bernstein, Regional President of PNC Bank in New England, alongside my co-host, Carolyn Jones, Market President and Publisher of the Boston Business Journal. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you on PNC Seaspeak. Each podcast features local executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge sharing platform showcases leaders with forward-thinking approaches that disrupt the status quo and cause us to think differently. Our guest today is Marcus Wilson, co-founder of footwear upstart Noble. Marcus, welcome. Great to have you. Well, thank you very much, Carolyn and John. I'm excited to be here. Let's start with an overview of Noble, your product's philosophy and mission. Well, first and foremost, at our core, Noble is a footwear apparel and accessory brand for athletes who work hard and don't believe in excuses. And we consider athletes not only elite athletes like Mac Jones, who is a noble athlete, but everyday athletes, uh, mothers and fathers who work out, firefighters, police officers. Uh, and we've been really focused on building that community and, and building awareness. So we're pretty excited. You and your co-founder, Michael Schaefer, came together after stints, you worked at Reebok, you each did some other things and launched No Bull. So can you kind of take us on that journey of uh, how that all came together? Yeah, absolutely. So Michael and I have been business partners for a, a while now. We first met at Reebok way back in the day, and I left to help someone start a venture capital firm. And that's my kind of first foray into the whole startup world. And Michael and I would get together periodically to talk about what it would be like to start our own thing. And one of the things that really bothered us when we were in the footwear industry is how big brands talked about where our products and you'll run faster or jump higher or be a better athlete. And quite frankly, we just thought that that was BS and that if you want to be better at anything, you have to put in the work. And that's really at the core of Noble. When we talk about hard work and, and eliminating excuses, that's what it's about. If you want to be better, you have to put in the work. And that's kind of the thing that started it all for us and has become a bit of a filter for us in everything that we do, even from a product design perspective. And the way Michael and I kind of have always divvied things up, he's the the look and feel. And he he designed all of our early products. Now we have a, a an amazing team of designers that, that do a lot of that work. But it's like making sure that we don't have anything on our products that are not necessary. And when we're creating marketing content, not having anything uh, in the content that's not necessary and really trying to uh, stay true to ourselves in that entire process. As you've been staying true to yourself and busy building your company, you recently became the sponsor of the NFL Scouting Combine and have the Patriots QB, Mac Jones, as a spokesperson. Could you share with us a little bit how you decided on those investments and how you determine the ROI behind them? Well, it's a really exciting partnership. So we are the presenting sponsor of the NFL Scouting Combine uh, starting next year. Uh, Mac Jones is one of our sponsored athletes. We have a partnership with the Patriots, and we're really, really incredibly excited about all of those things. And for us, we're just getting started with those. And so when the way that we look at these things from an ROI perspective is certainly in the early stages of these partnerships, it's all about helping to build awareness. So we're looking at web traffic. We're looking at um, brand lift, those types of metrics. We actually just uh, are in the process of launching uh, our uh, first campaign in a while, which is called Train is everything. So you'll see a billboard for those of you coming into uh, Boston on 93 North, you'll see uh, a giant billboard with Mac Jones on it with training is everything, which is a 
from our campaign right now. And it's outside our new office that will be opening at Southline, the former Boston Globe building. So for us, it's in these early phases of these partnerships, it is all about uh, brand awareness and expanding kind of the overall reach uh, for Noble. We're also the title sponsor of the CrossFit Games. So that's it's the Noble CrossFit Games. We took that over from, from Reebok. That is in a different stage for us. Our awareness within the CrossFit community is very high. And so for us, we're always looking at kind of awareness and how that's growing, but also paying very close attention to specific product sales, CrossFit merchandise, all of those things. So depending upon the stage of the partnership, we evaluate it slightly differently. We also have partnerships with official training brand of the PGA Tour, uh, which was announced earlier this year, and as well as with Lifetime Fitness. So we're very thoughtful about how we manage or measure overall uh, ROI with all of those, but we do them a little bit differently. I can just jump back quickly. I have another question, but just jump back quickly to sort of the beginning a little bit about uh, Noble. Talk about the distribution. You know, how do people get the products? Where are they? So uh, we're primarily a D2C brand. So uh, our, you know, Noble's website, nobleproject.com. We have right now, we have a single retail store that's open in Miami. With COVID, we had a few others that we had closed down. We're in the process of opening them back up. We'll have a store open here in Boston uh, in March of next year that we're really excited about. And we're also opening a store in London. And so next year, we'll start opening retail back up. We have a few key you know, strategic accounts that we work with as well. But for the most part, Noble is, is primarily B2C. Good to know. Got to make sure people know where to find them. <laughs> Absolutely. So Marcus, talk a little bit about you. Strong leaders are often defined by how they lead and inform when they're faced with you know big obstacles, major issues. And creating a startup obviously presents many of those opportunities and then some. So can you tell us a little bit about how you process and how you stay positive and focused for your team in the times that are tough and challenging? For sure. And this is something that both Mike and I spend a lot of time on. One, just wanting to improve ourselves and, and getting better every day. And we firmly believe that if you want to get better, you have to put in the work. And so one thing that's become very important, especially to me over the last few years, is I have a morning routine of breath work and meditation uh, that, I, that I go through. And I've been doing this for years. And I found that especially when COVID hit, it was very helpful to me in terms of really kind of grounding, staying grounded in what was happening. I'm also, you know, I read a lot of stoicism. So it's about identifying what you can control and what is outside of your control. And so really trying to stay grounded in that. And then kind of one mantra I have is just things are never as good as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. So no matter what happens, I keep reminding myself and the team, quite frankly, that that is always the case. And it's just really, Michael and I just try to keep our feet on the ground. And then being a training brand, you know, we train. Uh, we work out all the time. I'm currently training for a half Ironman that's in just under three weeks, which will be my, my first uh, half. It will be a lot of fun. Uh, but it's about, we push ourselves and step out of our comfort zones all the time. That's great. It's pretty uh, interesting how you combine sort of that reading on leadership, but also the personal you know, care, I guess, if you will, that's, uh, that's a great, uh, I'm going to remember all those things. I hope I, I hope I can remember them and maybe do some of them for myself. Well, well <laughs> so we started a brand that's about no excuses. So it's, uh, uh, it's really hard uh, if we're not putting in the work for us to talk to our team about, uh, about taking care of things too. Love it. Where's the Ironman? Where's the half Ironman? In Phoenix, just outside oh. of Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. 
Good luck. That's awesome. Thank Can't you. Marcus, Noble has a tremendous community feel, and that's, you obviously have a strong philosophy, and that's the company name. How do you continue to build that culture every day and grow it with the team in this hybrid work, in-person, remote environment? And what does the search for talent look like in this sort of confusing time? Yeah, so the search for talent is definitely tough, and it's a very different environment in terms of in-person, Zoom, and really trying to find the right balance with that because it's amazing technology how we can even this, you know, we're connecting, you know, via Zoom right now, which is great, but there's still nothing really beats the face-to-face interaction, especially with the team and when you're building a team. And the thing that's really interesting is pre-COVID, we had just under 50 people on our team, and now we have over 200. And so the interesting thing is how, and this is, a, this is one of the things that Michael and I talk about all the time, is maintaining a culture, which we are super proud of and feel really great about, when you're, it's one thing to grow 150, you know, 160 people, adding those to the team. It's another thing to quadruple the size of the team and maintaining that balance. And so for us, you know, we have a noble code of conduct uh, that is, you know, we have a little bit of fun with, which is just about like really rules to live by within the organization, you know? And so some of them are, you know, one that's really important. is like, don't be an ass, right? Treat people the way that you would want to be treated. We have some fun ones that like uh, think like MacGyver and move like a ninja, you know? And so there's a lot of these things uh-huh. that it just, we want to make sure that we always maintain this startup feel and the things that helped us get to where we are right now, maintain those even as we grow into a much larger company and, and you know, with our partnership with the NFL, with the Patriots, um, as we kind of expand these things, we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of our roots. Mm. So just to follow up, Marcus, you added 150, you quadrupled the size of your workforce through COVID. Yes. And the, the funny thing is, is that whenever Michael and I get that question, we, we have different answers on the exact number. So I'm guessing it's around 210, uh, 215 right now with some open, uh, open job recs. So. And in-person interviews, Zoom interviews, how did you qualify and keep the culture and find the, the team members that would be positive ads to the team? Well, it, during COVID, when you couldn't get together, they were just Zoom interviews. We had a few people who you know, started the first week that the office was closed with COVID, and they didn't meet face-to-face any teammates uh, for over a year. Uh, now we have a hybrid situation uh, where it's a lot easier to get together. And so we like to have face-to-face interviews as much as, as much as possible, but we are interviewing a lot of people. We have a really amazing uh, HR team. Uh, that is leading the charge there and uh, doing a lot of really great recruiting. Makes sense because I'm going to talk a little more about leadership, but I have a quick question, another quick question. Marcus, I'm noticing as you're saying the company name, I'm hearing you say Noble, and then I'm hearing at sometimes Noble. So is that like by design or... Talk to you know, I'd love to say yes, uh, but that's something Michael and I laugh about. It It was not intentional, right? So it really comes from our belief that you know, in order to get better, you've got to like eliminate and break down the barriers and then just do what's necessary to improve. And so that's where the name came from. And then along the way, people started to kind of ask us that question. And so it was a, it's a, it's a fun play uh, for sure uh, that we like, but it wasn't intentional. Well, let's go back to leadership a little bit. You know, the people we've talked to as we've done this podcast, you know, it's really been described as a master class in leadership. And you talked about sort of some of the things you do personally. But since this master class features you as our teacher, 
What advice do you have for listeners, whether they're up and coming young leaders or folks who are currently in the C-suite? What would you tell them are some best practices? Well, one, I think at having started a training brand, I think as a leader, you need to embody what it is you're asking you know, of your company and what your industry is. And so for Michael and I, it is very much leaning into the training mentality, taking care of ourselves and pushing ourselves kind of beyond our comfort zone. One, within the team here at Noble, one of the things that we constantly try to do is, is listen and understand what's happening and guide uh, along the way, recognizing that people are going to make mistakes. We actually encourage people to push the envelope and say one of the things that we have in our code of conduct is that it's okay to make mistakes. You just learn from them and move on. And so be willing to take risks uh, and be thoughtful and understanding when people make mistakes. What does the road ahead look like for Noble? I'd also love to ask, if you don't mind, help me understand your positivity on the future of retail and opening retail stores as part of that strategy. Well, retail is a part of the future of Noble and where we are from a training perspective, we initially launched within the CrossFit world and we've been expanding our definition of training through PGA, NFL, Lifetime, and then other sports. We have uh, a wide variety of athletes around the world, pretty much in every sport who are training, you know, day in and day out in Noble. And so for us, we're going to continue to expand our definition of training in some pretty cool ways. Retail plays a really important role in that and certainly will going forward because you have the ability to interact in the real world with your customers, to learn from them, to, to really help kind of grow roots and for the customers to interact with our products. Also, we see that in that interaction, you start to see lift and increases in just the e-commerce sales in those areas as well. So we do know, as, as I think everybody knows, that retail can also drive online sales. So it's really finding that optimal balance there. And that's what we're looking to do. And what keeps you up at night? What are you worried about? Wow. So that, you know, that has changed so much over the last few years. There were things keeping me up uh, at night when COVID hit that I never, ever anticipated. And some of the some of the things now are still ramifications of that, uh, which is some of the supply chain issues, air freight, ocean freight, all of those good things, supply chain, like material delays within supply chain. Continuing from a recruiting perspective and, and hiring really great people as we're growing at the rate that we are is something that is also always top of mind. Not necessarily keeping me up, but it's something that is, I'm thinking about quite a bit. And what are you optimistic about? Well, one thing is I'm pretty much always optimistic. Uh, and I think that's part of the nature of an entrepreneur. Like who, who thinks that they can start a footwear and apparel company uh, in a land of you know, multi-billion dollar brands? Like does the world need another one? So uh, I think both Michael and I have just are naive enough to try it. Um, and I think that also just the optimism is one of the key things that, that, uh, that keeps us going. Just to jump in quickly again, and sort of back to that advice question, but what's your best advice for those aspiring entrepreneurs? I mean, you took a big risk to, to take on an athletic footwear company. So what's your best advice for those folks who are just aspiring to start something new? Well, one of the things, and I've advised a lot of entrepreneurs over the years, and I think there's planning and there's doing, and especially for young entrepreneurs who have an interest, get some experience, try things. You know, fail, quite frankly, start some things and, and learn from those or go work with other startups to learn as much as you can. And uh, when you have that idea, kind of really lean into it 
And it needs to be something that you believe in, even if other people don't. And so for, for Michael and I, we were able to start something that we truly believed in. And, and we just so happened to have a lot of expertise in that already. Uh, but for people who are just getting started, experience, experience, experience. And what would you say, when we talked about noble, noble, how we say it, but any thoughts or any, uh, how you want to comment on sort of what's the company trying to do? I mean, you talked about as a brand and as a community within, you know, the CrossFit and the athletic community, but any thoughts on what the company is trying to do as a brand and in the community? What are some of the goals from that perspective? Well, at our core, we are a community-led brand. So Absolutely. Noble, when we first got started in CrossFit, we were we came out of the CrossFit community. So for us, when we're at the CrossFit Games, you know, we are absolutely CrossFit fans, and it is really amazing to be there. At the NFL Combine, I am so excited to go at the Combine, and uh, uh, Todd, who's our CMO, and I are, are joking around that we're actually going to do the Combine uh, before <laughs> it actually starts. We'll be there early, so we're going to be running the 40, we're going to be doing the bench, uh, vertical jump, all of those things, um, because we, we love it. We absolutely love it. And that's the, the great thing about what we're doing right now is it doesn't necessarily uh, even feel like work or a job. I do have one other po- uh, piece of advice that I would yeah. uh, have for entrepreneurs, especially those uh, who are married. Communicate, 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 <laughs> because it takes a village to build something. It affects your whole family. So I, you know, my wife, Anisha, and my daughters, Maya and Dahlia, have been super, super, super patient uh, with me in all of these things. And so I think it's, you know, if I could go back in time, I would have really leaned into more communication along the way uh, with that. Marcus, what gave you the confidence to make the leap and start a company? A company that directly competes with giants. The mountain you had to climb, it's like climbing Everest without oxygen. Would you share with us some of those challenging experiences in your growth trajectory as well? Well, that's a great question because it's one of the things, and Michael and I talk about this quite a bit, and this there's probably a, there's a little bit of advice that would come out of this too, is I wouldn't have started this without Michael, and Michael would not have started this without me. And the reason for that, our skill sets and, and expertise are very, very complementary, but it also really gave us, we believe in each other. And it gave us enough confidence. And the interesting thing is, is that the, the roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship, especially in those early days, is rough. And it's really, really challenging. The amazing thing with me, Michael, is that we, whenever he had a down moment and was just questioning everything, I was there, uh, living it and breathing it and optimistic and would help him with that. And it vice versa. If there are times where I was like, man, what have we done? Uh, he would be there for me. And so having a partner in all of this was super, super helpful. One of the darkest moments, which was, it turned out to be one of the most important moments. And often this is where uh, only time will tell if something is bad or good, is we officially launched in January of 2015. Our plan had been to launch the summer of 2014. And we had been waiting on product to come from our factories. And we were at the 2014 CrossFit Games. We were going to be showing people our product and launching shortly thereafter. We had told, you know, our former kind of, you know, colleagues from Reebok and athletes and everybody that this product was coming. And then when we got it, we, Michael and I looked at it and it was just like, we're not proud of this. And we had been working on this for years. We had been 
you know, telling our wives and our family and our friends, hey, you know, we're we're going to be launching now, and and we bootstrap the business. You know, um, Anish and I put in our own money. Michael and Amy put in their own money, and we bootstrapped the business until late 2019. And so, when you get that moment where you're about to generate revenue, and then you pull the plug because it's not, you know, your product's not ready, that was a really, really difficult decision. But we made it in a very short amount of time because we we just felt like we couldn't put this into the world because we weren't proud of it. And that's become a guide for us. And there's a fine balance between being proud of something and something being perfect. You recognize a product isn't always going to, is rarely ever going to be perfect, but you do need to be proud of what you're doing. Because if you're not, you know, what are customers going to think about it? So that was definitely the most challenging moment in time. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, we look back on it and we're like, that's the best decision that we had made because it, had we done it differently, uh, we likely wouldn't be talking to you right now. Everything would have gone uh, very, very differently. We'd like to close with some rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Let's do it. All right, <laughs> off the top of your head, what did you want to be when you grew up? Initially, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And then that just evolved into working in the world of sports. So that's worked out. That's worked out. What's your favorite food? Indian food. My wife is Indian, so I've, uh, I've had a lot of Indian food over the years. What's a favorite sports figure that you admire? Well, growing up, and when I look back, like historically, Muhammad Ali, you know, he had his beliefs. He stood behind them no matter what it cost him. And so that he's certainly at the top of my list. Who's a Boston leader or organization that we should watch? Go Patriots. <laughs> What's your favorite spot in our city? Well, right now, um, our the the new headquarters that we're building out at Southline, the former Boston Globe building, is pretty great. We're really enjoying it. And what makes you laugh? Wow, that's a great one. A lot of things. One is I, I just don't take myself too seriously. So I would say my daughters probably and my wife probably make me laugh the most because they're just keeping me grounded and making fun of me uh, often. So. I enjoy it though. And finally, what's a wish you have for Boston? Going into the winter, less snow. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> We've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot over the last few years. Yeah. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcus, and for sharing your insights. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thanks so much. I'm John Bernstein. And I'm Carolyn Jones, and this is PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. Our guest today was Marcus Wilson, co-founder at Noble. You can find C-Speak at bizjournals.com backslash Boston or in any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next time. You've been listening to PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. This podcast and other engaging episodes can be found at bizjournals.com slash Boston. Search PNC. Subscribe at the Boston Business Journal, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Come back soon and join us for another PNC C-Speak.